1: I only review the best Chaotic Philosopher, Erica Solis, Find Another Name, Little Lotus of Death, Lakita, Miami Merit, Baloney Slice, Mestaco, Robbie USMC, Kang Life, and Manitoba Sasquatch. Thanks so much for going to iTunes leaving the rating and review. It definitely means a lot to me that you guys are willing to support the show in that way. Moving on to the Patreon shoutouts. This is for anybody who goes to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals and signs up to become a patron. Gets a shout out on the following week's show. And I want to let everybody know we are going to be moving from Patreon to a membership base on the website. Where you will get an extra show a week for members only. Access to forums and a bunch of other cool stuff that I'll be creating over time. But for this week's shout-outs for the Patreon is Ethan C, Shell and Stu, and Juan K. Thank you very much for going to a Patreon and signing up to become a patron to help support the show. And like I said, we are going to be moving to memberships only on the website very soon. So if you've been thinking about becoming a patron, maybe you want to hold off for a little bit and become a member. Either way, I'm fine with you supporting the show and I want to thank you very much. Now this week we have Norm coming on and Norm actually is from my home state of Pennsylvania and he's had a lot of paranormal experiences and one of the things that he talks about is this kind of forgotten graveyard that he went to go visit to one night and some crazy things happened. So let's get into it right now.
0: I was in high school, so you're talking mid-90s. So there's usually about three or four of us. There were several people that mentioned, oh, if you guys are looking for something really cool, go out to this graveyard. It's, you know, I sort of haunted and, you know. So we had heard this from three people, three different people that didn't know each other. And this is the age before, you know, the internet and everything, you know, so... Communication was just basically verbal. So, I thought, we got to check this place out, you know? And we would stay out late back then, you know? And he would usually drive his car up and we'd get up and we found the graveyard and it's got a, it was like an old church, but I don't even know if they use this church anymore. So this is like 12.30, 1 o'clock at night. He would drive out and... We would stop, and we would just check it out. You know, we were too chicken to get out or anything, and we just wanted to check it out. You know, hey, we didn't see anything, you know? And we would look, and there were blinds in each of these windows. So we would go out, we'd come back around, maybe stop at the gas station, take another pass, past it. Maybe half hour later. These blinds were different. The one blind was pulled, the other one's up. We'd come back, they're the opposite. And we're like, wait a second, wasn't those blinds wasn't that one over there? And then we're thinking, oh, maybe we're just imagining. Maybe maybe they were like that. We'll come back another hour later. <laughs> All three blinds are up. So we're like, something's going on. It hit the gas and we were out of there.
1: Okay, today we have a great guest coming on. We have Norm and Norm is actually a patron of the show. So Norm, how you doing, man?
0: Hi, Tony. Good.
1: Good, man. So you've had a lot of different experiences throughout your life here. Uh, They they all lean towards the paranormal and stuff. But uh, so, you know, I I was trying to think about how we were going to go about telling these stories and different things like that. And I even though like your graveyard story is probably the thing that stuck out to me the most, I want you to just kind of run things through chronologically so the audience gets to kind of see a picture of the progression of your life and stuff leading up to certain events.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That sounds good.
1: All right, buddy. So uh, stars from the beginning, explain to us, you know, the first thing that you've ever really uh, experienced when it comes to the paranormal.
0: Okay. First thing that I ever experienced but this was going back, we're talking uh, early eighties. Um so I was probably about I'm thinking at fourth grade. I don't have a definite, you know, age. I, I talked to my mom about it because, you know, I don't even think she really remembers, me, but it was somewhere in the early eighties. So um I had two of my friends over at my parents' house at the time and um we were having a sleepover you know uh staying up late i think it was like a friday or saturday night you know you know there was no score or anything so we were kind of hopped up on pop and pizza and staying up late watching movies and i can remember that my mom was you know like come on guys you know it's time to get to bed you know guys gonna be up half the night so i know it was late and usually my parents you know would stay up late because my dad at the time worked a midnight shift and usually he was sleep during the day and usually for the majority of times, you know, on the weekends stay up late because he his body was used to that schedule. So I can remember that, you know, we were in the living room at the time and the lights were out. My mom kept coming out and saying, Hey, you know, you know, we want to go to sleep. You know, you guys need to calm down, turn the TV off, try to get some sleep. You know, so I know for them, usually they were up till about one or two in the morning, you know, going to bed. So they were in bed trying to to get some sleep, so I know we were really up late, you know, horsing around and drinking. I can remember we had two liters of pop, we were just down and just being <laughs> yeah. kids and everything. So, you know, so, um, so we were, I can remember we were throwing like paper, we had some paper we were balling up and kind of throwing, tossing back and forth. And uh, one of my friends he was making like paper airplanes and he was throwing, and uh, and, you know, we were just having fun and for some reason. We just happened to look over, I don't know if it was one of them or me, but I remember looking and we all at the same time in my doors, my doors on my parents' house, they were like a double door and they were like almost like a picture window. It was all glass, but it had kind of like a window pane sort of thing going through it, but you could see from, you know, top to bottom. And these were big doors, probably about six foot, six and a half foot. I don't know how big they were. But at the very, very top of the window, there were what appeared to be two red glowing eyes. I mean, like illuminated, like it wasn't any shine from anything, but it was, you know, crystal clear what it was. They were eyes and they were looking in the the window. So, of course, they freaked out, started yelling. I got up, ran to my mom and dad's bedroom. You know, this time, I think they had just had enough of it because we were carrying on so much. I'm like there's something out there, something out there, of course, you know, by the time my mom gets out of bed, puts her glasses on, walks out, there's nothing there. you know she's putting the lights on, she looks outside, she opens up the door, and you know all of us were all freaked out, and you know, being that we were younger, she's probably just thinking that we're just seeing stuff, making stuff up, you know, just being kids, so that would be the first experience, but going back to that story. The two red eyes that were looking in—I mean, if somebody asked me what they were, I would say eyes. They were placed very high at the door, so whoever or whatever it was looking in our door had to be tall. And you know, at the very top of the door. Now, at this age, uh, my friend—I'm still friends with him to this day. He had two sisters, and you know, I'd always thought, well, maybe it was somebody playing a joke, but. I don't think anybody would come up two o'clock in the morning, especially like my good friends, two sisters, because they were off doing other things. And I only think they knew at the time that he was, you know, staying over or if they'd even put the effort into even caring. uh, the other kid, he was a childhood friend. He had younger brothers. So, and I don't even think his parents really knew exactly. They knew where my house was, but I don't think anybody, you know, cause we, I'd run this through my head millions of times trying to figure out, what it could have possibly been. And back in the nineteen eighties, like there's not a lot of technology like they have now. I mean, you go to the Halloween store right now and you can find a mask that the lights light up and you know they have all kind of different effects and everything. But back in the eighties, I know back in that time we had like the cheap plastic, like the vacuum formed masks with the gum bands on them. And I don't think we really had too much elaborate sort of things like that, you know? Back around this time so i mean we were all convinced i mean we all you know for several weeks later you know going to school and playing and stuff you know we were always talking about you know what was that you know now the next day my mom went out You know, she looked around she didn't notice anything it was i believe during school or I, I know it wasn't like snow so there was no way you could see tracks or anything but there wasn't anything that she noticed that was weird and the other thing about my house now this is what I've always thought about too we have a we had a porch at the time on my house, and when my friends would come over and I would run up the steps you, this porch would vibrate the whole house, and my dad would work midnight, and my mom was constantly yelling at me and telling you know my friends when they come trudging up the steps, trying to take it easy because it's like i don't know you know it was an older house it would like echo through the house, and it would always wake my dad up like running up the steps so even if it was someone playing games they wouldn't have known about the steps because if you kind of run up you can hear it echo through the house and we never heard anything at this time we never heard of just anything we just happened to look over it was like almost like we knew something was watching us like you get that feeling like somebody's there and you just happen to look and we all kind of looked at the same time now as far as this thing, like if it made an echo, you know, of from the steps leaving, we don't know because they were yelling and I ran. So, unless this thing, whatever it was, or this person or whatever, vaulted over the porch, was what, which is like about a seven foot drop. So I don't know, but I always found that fascinating because no, you know, and even if the UPS guy would come around, you know, you'd hear him clomping up the steps. You'd have to like kind of be very, you know easy walking up the steps especially when my dad because i was always getting yelled at about that so that's what i always found fascinating that whatever came up or whoever came up the steps we didn't hear anything so and what's really fascinating tony during this time uh we had a lot of paranormal kind of like bigfoot sightings around here and Stan Gordon, I've heard you mention him. He was notorious for, you know, the Pennsylvania, they have conventions and I'd heard of him. But we, during these years, we had a lot of activity. I would hear it from my dad, you know, he'd come home from work and a a lot of guys around this area all worked together at this foundry and I would hear about, oh yeah, somebody's seeing this down here and that. And I went back on the Stan Gordon's website one time and you can go back into his archives. I don't know if it's still there, but quite some time ago and all these around this period there was a lot of bigfoot activity that was tied to this area yeah which i find very fascinating also around this time now i think this was after this happened i don't believe it happened before it about a mile and a half down the road uh, i went to school with a girl i'm friends with her i mean on facebook i don't really talk to her but um she was like a straight A student. We were in grade school. I mean, she'll tell on you if you did anything wrong or anything. So she was, you know, like one of those people that she didn't get in any kind of trouble or anything. Uh, she had a sister and I guess the mother were at the house and, you know, the husband, I guess he was a state police officer. So anyway, I guess supposedly they spotted a Bigfoot sitting on a pile of logs behind their house, got up and walked off. And the reason I know about this is because I believe it was on the uh, local news here. And I mean, we were all really freaked out at that time. I mean, after all that happened, I mean, we were afraid to go out at night and you know, if I'd go visit my friends back in these days, you would, you know, I don't know how it was Tony, when you were younger, but back then you would go and, from the minute the sun rose and then when the sun would start oh, going yeah. down you'd hear people's parents holler in their name and yep. <laughs> you know you'd hide tell at home or you get in trouble but i can remember when the sun would go down i would tell it to the house because you know i had that that memory of that that bigfoot so i guess in my head you know with all this happening you know, and hearing about Bigfoot sightings, I guess I kind of just assumed it may have been a Bigfoot or something. I never thought that, you know, the years since, you know, there's the dog man, the moth man, uh, you know, I don't know if they have, I've heard that they say about Bigfoot have like red eyes or something. And I heard also about moth man having glowing eyes and or who knows, maybe it was like, you know, a spirit or something. But in my mind, it always struck me as it was like a Bigfoot or something that was looking in. That's what I had entrenched in my mind. I mean, I just, I guess I never really thought anything else. I guess we just automatically thought it was Bigfoot because we had just so much activity at that time. Through the 80s, like it was like the early 80s through the mid 80s. We had a lot of activity around here. You know, you would hear just, and this is before the internet and, you know, everything. You would just hear stories. Oh, yeah. so-and-so said, you know, he spotted something back there. And if I'm correct, I think there used to be a guy up over the hill that would shoot at it. I don't know. But my dad would tell me these stories. And I'd hear from, you know, my friend's dad, you know, just some stories like that, you know. But that was the first thing that I ever really encountered like that. I mean, as far as paranormal goes, I think there was a show that In Search of with Leonard Nimoy that we used to watch. And there wasn't too many ghost shows, but I mean, you know, I might've seen Bigfoot on that, but I started hearing about all this stuff going on around here. So I don't know, for some reason, I just kind of think it may have been tied to Bigfoot. I don't know. I still, it's still, to this day, I still have no idea what I was looking at. Now, it's funny. One of the kids that was at the sleepover, he moved away, you know, a few years after that, and I, I have no idea where he went or anything the other kid that i grew up with he was like a childhood friend he actually works with me so we're still friends to this day and a few years back he goes remember those eyes that looked into your door and i just i got shocked i was like oh my god you still remember that and he's like yeah i'm like that did happen didn't it?" he's like yeah he's like remember you you know you ran and got your mom and i had just it's like kind of like it happened but It's When you experience something like that, it's almost like you don't talk about it too much. It's kind of weird, you know? Almost like it's just doesn't make sense. Like, we never really talked about it much. But, yeah, he has, you know, great memory of it. And he said, yeah, there was two red eyes looking in your door. (laughs) And I'm like, wow. He's like, I thought, you know, so it's obviously just not me seeing things. You know, for us being kids and just imagining things.
1: Yeah, at least it's confirmation for you.
0: Yeah. So what that was, I'll never know. But I guess you could kind of say that, you know, at the time, for a long time, I kind of just thought maybe it was a Bigfoot or something because we had heard so much about Bigfoot around this area. And, you know, it just still doesn't make any sense how it was so quiet coming up the porch or... And that's what I mean. Like, we didn't have any other... You know, we were younger then. It's not like we were anybody who was up to any kind of like, you know, teenage kind of like horseplay and screwing around. And, you know, I mean, we were young and I don't think anybody's ever done anything like that. And I don't even know if they had that technology back then. I'm sure they had some sorts of lights, but I mean, these were placed and they just like they were eyes, you know, and they were at the very top of the door. And I believe that door, I mean, none of us, my family, we're a little shorter, but None of us, you know, can reach the top of that door. So I'm going to say it's, you know, six foot at least to top that door at the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, most door most doors are taller than six feet. I mean, I'm six feet and I usually have like a good six to eight inches before I hit the top of the doorway. So, I mean, you're talking about something pretty tall.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm just guesstimating. I'm, I'm sure it was probably just your standard door size. But I mean, this it was like glass. And it was at the very top of it. And even then it's like, well, how would somebody be even that tall? You know, I mean, you know, it just didn't make any sense. And, you know, I don't, I've always wondered, I don't think there was any kind of things like that back then. I know now they have all sorts of stuff, but I, you know, besides your typical flashlight and stuff like that, I just don't really think there was anything like that. But that was one of my first encounters and that happened early 80s i'm gonna say probably 83 maybe 82 83 something like that i'm just guessing here i never you know i have really no idea somewhere around there and that's when all that bigfoot stuff was going on now a few years after that and then with all the stories and then there was the the state cops wife and two daughters that had the story with them sighting a Bigfoot. I can remember laying in my bedroom and the the window was open. Now, back then, I didn't know a lot about Bigfoot and, you know, like listening to Bigfoot shows and, you know, things on TV and internet and everything. They say about those those howls and those screams. Well, I had heard, it was a school night. I remember laying in my room and I had my window open. And it sounded like a woman was screaming, like, bloody murder. And this was, like, in the middle of the night. And I was scared. I didn't know what to think. I thought maybe just somebody was out, you know, carrying on, partying or something. But the more I heard it, it sounded like a girl, like, uh, like a woman screaming. And then, you know, I never know what to make of that. It was freaky. And then years later, I've heard people mention that on, you know, Maybe your show, Wes's show, or something, but, and then heard recordings, which is similar to that, which would be a Bigfoot. And around that area, that went way back. We had like a, there used to be an old coal mine back behind my house. It goes down by a river and train tracks, and there's nothing but woods back that way, which would even make it, you know, make you scratch your head at the time because there was nobody in that vicinity living for, you know, so many miles. And who would be out in the middle of nowhere screaming at the middle of the night?
2: You know,
0: it was really freaky. And I remember that. But those are some things that happened when I was young. As And that's the, you know, I'd never seen anything after that, you know, looking at my parents' door. No one else in the neighborhood, you know, that I ever heard of had anything like that. They have no idea what that was. None. I'll probably never know. You know. And I guess I just kind of something like that that happens, you just don't really think too much about it, I guess, because you don't know what to make of it. You know, it's kind of weird. And then of course, if you tell anybody, then people just make it like it's it's a joke, you know.
1: Right. I mean, that's a, that's the problem with a lot of this stuff is that, you know, it's not like something you can just go around talking and trying to find answers about because most people are going to look at you yeah. like you have 10 heads.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really told I haven't really told anybody this story and I was talking to my mom. I said that I was going to come on the show and I said, you remember that? And she goes, I think she's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. I said that, you know, but this was a long time ago. And she's like, Oh, she's like, I, I think maybe you mentioned something one time, (laughs) but I don't know. But that's ever since that. And then it's like, and even if on, if you go on to Stan Gordon's website, if he still has his archives on there, it's like it dissipated, you know, maybe from like the mid eighties on, then it's like, So if there are Bigfoot or anything like that, it's almost like maybe they just move around. And it was like those years that was in our area. We also had a pizza shop down there, too, between my house and that state cop's wife. So maybe it was hitting the dumpster up for food. You know, maybe that's the only thing I can think of, you know. Because we live out in the country. There's really nothing out here. So, I mean, I don't know. but that would be the, uh, the first encounter that I have for the first story. Now, leading into the second one, uh, I moved into this house here. See, I grew up with my parents next door. We had a, uh, very close friend of the family live here who was older and he passed away. And, uh, you know, we got the house and then I got it and moved in. So I live next door to my parents, but he passed away. And this is a very old house too. I'm probably, it's gotta be about a hundred years old. I mean, you try to do any kind of work in here and put nails into the wood. It just, the, the nail just like turns over the wood's So old. I mean, they got it from the sawmills and, you know, just from the trees back then. Yeah. So that's how old this house is. Um, so I ended up, I didn't move in there until 2000. So he passed away in 1995. So there was like a five year window where my parents got the house because he didn't have a lot of family that lived around here. And, you know, they had to do whatever and they got it because he kind of left it to them and everything. But I don't want to get too personal, but that's kind of what happened. And for several years, you know, they just kind of would maintain it. Look, keep on the upkeep of it just check everything out once in a while but for the most part for five years there it was just locked up so i worked second shift uh before i uh went to first that i work now so this has got to be late 90s and 98 at least 98 because that's when i started second shift so i would come home and my dad was on his midnight shift and my mom was usually in bed and Um, I would, you know, get something to eat or something or go out on the porch or, you know, whatever. And I did smoke back then. So, uh, usually I would go out on the, my parents' porch and smoke a cigarette. So the one night I just happened to look over and the house would be on your right side that I'm in now. And. And there was like an exterior light that would come on. One of those lights that come on when the sun goes down to just keep watch on it. But there was nothing off. I think they had the electricity shut off. I'm not sure. But I happen to look up and you can see the bathroom from their house. And I happen to notice a light in the bathroom. So I thought it was a, we have a hill and cars come down. And sometimes the cars will shine light into the windows as they're coming down. Sometimes you'll see it before you see the car. So I just assumed it was a car. So I kind of looked back and I just seen one light. I didn't see two. And I was like, well, oh, that's funny. I wonder if somebody's out walking around maybe in the neighborhood, you know, cause it's like, it reflects from the neighborhood. I'm looking around. I don't see anything. And it, you know, it was probably midnight because I didn't get home till, you know, 1130 or something. I'm looking around, looking around. I'm not making anything of it. And I kept looking over and trying to figure out what this light is. And I'm like, I walked off the porch. I'm looking up the hill. I don't see any cars. I don't see anybody like in their driveway. And there's not a whole lot of houses around here either. I didn't see anybody walking around. So then I came back up on the porch and I'm watching. And you could see like they had sheer curtains in there. So you could kind of see through it. And what I seen was just, it looked like an orb, a classic orb. So I'm watching this and the orb is, is moving. It's I'm, I'm seeing it move around in the bathroom and it's like, it, uh, it was like almost like pulsating. It's like, it, it lost some power and then it got more, got brighter Then it got a little bit, but this thing was moving. Like it was like moving within that room. It was, and I, I keep looking and I'm, I'm like, what in the world is this? And I could kind of see the inside of the bathroom illuminated because I, I came off the porch and, you know, went midway through the house and I'm a big chicken and stuff. You know, I wasn't getting close to it. You know, I don't know what's going on, but you know, I mean, I was concerned. because I, you know, you know, if somebody broke in the house or something, I was going to tell my mom, but nothing. I mean, it was like this thing and it moved high, very high. Then it came low and it just kind of, just shifted around in there. And it just, it's like it, when it went out, it, it, it didn't like just shut off. It just kind of like it, uh, it like slowly faded out. Then it got real bright. And I was like, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like, that's gotta be an orb or something. I mean, the first thing, it's gotta be a spirit. That's the only thing I could think now, you know, I seen some ghost shows, so I, But that wasn't my first reaction of what I thought I was looking at. But very, very strange. And I kind of said to myself, "Well, maybe it's just his spirit in this house," you know. And I kind of got weirded out. I never said anything to my mom about it. Um, I did, you know. In the, you know, I didn't see anybody around. You'd hear cars coming, and this we have like a dead end drive, so it wasn't like anybody was in the house or anything. I didn't hear anything. And, uh, the next day I walked up, not, nobody's around, you know, so I just never really said anything. Cause I figured my mom, boy, I would think I was crazy or something. My mom, she doesn't really believe in any of that stuff. So, you know, she goofs on me about Bigfoot and, you know, stuff like that. So I don't even Welcome to the club. anything. yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, oh, well, you know how, if there's a Bigfoot out there, how come he's never been found or, <laughs> oh, you know, ghosts, I'm sure it's just, you know, it's an old house settling in and, yeah, I understand that. And I'm not somebody that jumps the gun thinking it's something else. You know, I kind of, I don't know what I seen that night. There was a the second thing that I seen that was very bizarre. I mean, could it have been something else? I have no idea, but this thing was like, it was in the bathroom illuminating it. And it was like, it was so hard to describe. Like, It was like it was given off a glow, and it would fade, Then it would get very bright. So I just kind of figured at the time, I'm I'm like, maybe that's a ghost, you know? I mean, And I mean, I'm not one to, you know, think that they don't exist. I think that there's so much out there, and so many people are seeing things. There's got to be something to it, you know? So that happened. And then when I moved in in 2000, uh, this place was, you know, it needed a lot of work. It still needs a lot of work. It's an old house. But, you know, it just got the bare essentials, a couch and everything and a TV and, you know. So I would still work in second shift. And a lot of times on Saturday mornings, I would sleep because I would stay up half the night on second shift. You'd stay up half the night and then sleep half the day. And I would go hurry up and get in my car and go to work. So usually on Saturdays, I would stay in bed till about eleven thirty, twelve. 12. And then I'd be up, you know, probably like two, three in the morning and, you know, to be on that cycle. So it seems like, and it's very bizarre. It seemed like it was only on the weekends I heard this, but I'd be in my bedroom and there used to be a porch here. We had a very old porch that I tore off and put another small porch on. But the person that lived here, you know, that passed away always would be on the porch walking around. And, you know, he was an older guy and Drink a beer or something, or he'd be a real nice easygoing guy to talk to and everything. I would hear on this porch, I would hear like what I only could be described as like just somebody shuffling around on the porch. And I could hear it plain to stay because the window's right there, and I'd look out, and I would always think it was like maybe one of my friends coming over or my mom stopping up to see how I'm doing or something. But there'd never be anybody. And it's really crazy, Tony, because it was like in the middle of the day and the sun would come in. So it wasn't like I was scared or anything, but I would always, it, it's just like you would hear somebody just kind of casually shuffling, shuffling around on the porch. And this was an older porch. So if you move, you can hear it. And it just sounded. you know, I mean, many, many times I heard it. I never really heard it much during the week, which I found weird because I would sleep in and then I would get up and get ready to go to work and uh, to be there for two. I never heard it, but it it seemed like it was always on Saturday morning. You, you would just hear this casually, just casually shuffling around. And I found that very strange, but you know, I never seen anything, but I just, I could never, never figure it out. And I, you know, I have an old attic and everything, but it's not like anything fell or anybody was up there. There's only one entrance to the attic and it's through my bedroom. So, I mean, what was that? I don't know. I mean, it just sounded like someone would just sh- casually shuffle around on the porch. So, I mean, I would say it's it sounded like footsteps, you know. And I mean, even that, I just kind of forgot. I never said anything to anybody, you know, because it's I mean, who's going to listen to you? Who's going to believe you? And I was just there at the time, so I mean, it just I just never brought it up. So that happened, and then. I, I did send you the picture. I don't know if you still have it, but for Father's Day, uh, my my son got me a. Uh, uh, I like the Universal Monsters, the Bella Lugosi Dracula figure, and if any of your listeners want to look it up, it's a Jack Pacific. It was made by Jack's Pacific, and I think it came out in the mid two thousands and. It's like a figure. It comes with like a little casket and everything and it has like an archway with a bat that hangs on like a little like rubber sort of springy gum band sort of thing and I would put, I still to this day put him up on my uh, entertainment stand and he'd always fall over so what I would do is I would kind of wedge his head under that archway and because my son at that time was younger, he'd be running around and everything fall over. So I'd make sure that that would be snug and secure and wouldn't fall over. So I can remember I was sitting here in my living room, 4th of July to be, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was 4th of July. So this was probably 2005. I'm thinking, because I think that came out in 04 when that Van Helsing movie came out, something like that. And those figures came out and I wanted them. And, you know, my mom and son went and got it for me for father's day. So it was 4th of July. I remember my parents were next door. I was looking out the window and they had some people over, you know, some company and stuff and they were looking in the garden and everything. And I was sitting there watching TV. Well, my Dracula figure was to my right on my entertainment stand. And out of peripheral vision, I seen something go flying. And I looked straight over and my Dracula was laying face down. The bat was swinging like it, it, it's like it just didn't fall over it's like something went up and smacked it real hard and it went fly, you know it fell like went flying down like and i was it alarmed me but again i wasn't scared because okay maybe maybe it just the pressure maybe it kind of like just wobbled out and fell but it fell really hard and really fast and that make a you know it was it was almost like something hit it and then i'm thinking okay well maybe it's just a I, you know, Tony, I would always kind of look at it like, okay, what could it have been? You know, like, <laughs> was it a mouse that ran through there? Well, I don't know if a mouse would be able to dislodge that because I've since put it up since it happened and like kind of tapped it and you've got to like smack this thing to get it to fall out. But I remember that happened and I have no idea. It's one of the strangest things I've ever seen, but I've seen it just out of the corner of my eye like violently getting thrown down, you know, like something hit it. So, I mean, I wasn't really scared again because it was like broad daylight. And, and like I said, I, I remember it was on the 4th of July cause I was off work and I was sitting here watching TV. And I remember I did tell my mom that. And of course she said, well, it's probably just fell over. You know? So I just left it at that. Okay. It's probably just fell over. And the only other things that I would hear stuff drop in other rooms, but again, I mean, it could be anything, who knows? You know, we had a duck, we got a duck soap dispenser, and when you would press the head, it would quack. <laughs> My son liked it, I liked it. So we were in a living room one day and we we're watching TV, and this was all around this time, and we heard that duck quack. and He looks at me, and I looked at him, and he goes, uh, do you hear that duck? And I'm like, I heard the duck. <laughs> so we got rid of the duck. I got, I took the batteries out <laughs> and everything. But again, I mean, could it have been maybe just, I don't know, maybe a battery acting up or something? But it was very strange, very very strange. And it seems like everything came from that bathroom, with the exception of the Dracula. I would always hear stuff falling, you know, over the years till even today. I mean, I haven't heard anything for a while, but it seems like stuff in my bathroom would always fall you know, like, and I said, well, maybe just the soap was in the shower. It fell over my body wash. But then again, I mean, it wasn't really that wet, you know, like I just, but it seems like, and that's the same bathroom that I had witnessed that orb if that's what it was, you know, prior to moving in here. Uh, so yeah, I just never, I just kind of wrote that off as like, well, maybe just, you know, who knows, you know, but, that's the activity that I've had here, and I've never seen anything with a smoking gun other than the Dracula falling over. And I still don't know how that happened. I really don't. So it's the eyes in the Dracula thing; those are two things that I'll never be able to explain. And I, you know, I kind of wonder just what it was, you know?
1: Yeah, and with that Dracula thing, the way you described it. If just imagine there being somebody that you just can't see standing there, did it almost seem like it was like, like swatted off, but also pushed down, like almost like it was thrown to the floor? Because you you described it almost as if it like seemed like it was forced. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. It was. It. I mean, my son. You know, he was young. He'd be throwing stuff in the house. He'd be running around. He wasn't there at the time. He was next door. I was here by myself. So there was nobody around. But I would purposely put stuff and make sure anything valuable or anything or like the figure. The figures was always falling over, and you could hear them fall over and you just go and pick them up. This was if somebody like just took their hand and smacked it violently, and it went flying. Like it hit real hard and went flying down on the floor, and the bat to the was on the side in the archway. It was like I can remember watching that swinging back forever like so it's like almost like something really like you'd almost have to like somebody smack it because i've set it up before you know after that and tried to mimic what it did and the only thing that would do that is if you took it and smacked it really hard and you know because i thought well maybe this is an older house you know i've had mice in here before maybe a mouse got up there or something ran through there and hit it but where would the mouse go? Because there's no ba- there's a backing to my entertainment stand. You know, it just didn't make any sense. But yeah, like you were saying, it it came out on the floor. So it's like it was lodged in there really tight. And this thing has a, it hadn't moved for a long time. You know, I mean, even with him jumping on the floor and jumping off the couch and throwing balls through here and everything, I mean, nothing like that ever happened. And I was just casually sitting there watching TV, and this thing went flying. And I look up and you know, I heard a, like a whack, I heard a noise and then it was a Dracula laying on the floor. I don't know. I want to say about two feet out from my entertainment stand. And that bat that's in there was just swinging like violently, like something had hit it very, you know, for it to swing like that, you know, in that little archway that I have. Yeah. I just, I could never figure that out. And those are, you know, those are the things that I've encountered in here, um, in this house. I haven't encountered anything in quite a while, but I kind of figured that it may have been the person that was here that knew our family and knew me and everything. And I didn't look at it like, it, you know, if there are such a thing as ghosts, it didn't mean any harm. Maybe it was some sort of significance to it that it was 4th of July. And he didn't pass away on 4th of July either. He had passed away, I believe, in the fall. So. Maybe it was just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just like saying hi or something. I don't know. Joking around. That's the only thing. I mean, I never felt any, 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 you know, malicious or, you know, any anything, like that. I mean, it shook me up there for a while, but didn't know what to make of it. But it didn't really like make me feel threatened or really scared. No, something like that would have happened at two o'clock in the morning. I'm sure all the lights yeah. would have been on and I probably would have ran down to my parents' house. It would have been a different story. <laughs> but uh, in the middle of the day, you know, 90 degree day, you know, sun's blaring through the, you know, I mean, it didn't really phase me. But I mean, I didn't know, you know, I'm like, okay, what was that? <laughs> you know, that was very strange. But so those are some things that happened here. And then, if you'd like, I can get into the graveyards. Yes, story. please. So I was always fascinated, you know, from you know when I was younger, when I seen those eyes and the paranormal shows. As into the '90s, you know, we I had cable, so I, I, there was a show called Sightings or something. I think it was on Sci-Fi Channel or something. And it would kind of like show like UFOs, Bigfoot's, ghost. So I, you know, and I always wanted more, you know, because it was always like half hour, hour and so many commercials. But I always found it very interesting. And I got fascinated in like paranormal just because it's just unexplained and it's mystery and you want to know what's going on. So I was in high school. So you're talking mid 90s. Junior, I played with a couple of my friends in a band. You know, we played and we'd, we'd always go to the bowling alley and hang out, look for women. You know, the typical teenage thing. <laughs> he had his license. So it was usually about three or four of us. And uh, we knew some girls down there would hang out. And, yeah, you know, a couple of them had, you know, a girlfriend. And we had talked about paranormal. They weren't as gung-ho about it as kind of as I was, but it would come up once in a while. And... They mentioned the grave, there were several people that mentioned, oh, if you guys are looking for something really cool, go out to this graveyard. It's, you know, I sort of taunted and, you know, so we had heard this from three people, three different people that didn't know each other. And this is the age before, you know, the internet and everything, you know, so communication was just basically verbal. You know, there was, we got to check this place out, you know, and we would stay out late back then, you know. And he would usually drive his car up and we'd get up and we found the graveyard and it's got an, it was like an old church, but I don't even know if they use this church anymore. Uh, I don't know if it was just a maintenance thing, but there are some very, very old graves back there. There it's so old that there are graves that extend into the woods. So this is very old. We've been there a few times during the day. We checked it out, but mostly we would drive at night just to be spooked out we would stop on the road and we kind of look and we're like, "Oh man, this is cool," you know. And they had these real long, like the the traditional, very long uh, windows of the church, you know, on it. And there were blinds, so we would go. And there was a pool hall. We would go, so the the bowling alley was open all night, and we had a pool hall. It was open till like maybe two in the morning. So we would shoot back and forth. Hey, you want to go to the graveyard, you know, between trips? Yeah. So this is like 1230, one o'clock at night. Chris would drive out the, the driver. I don't think he, it's okay if I use the first name, but yeah, he would, he would drive out and we would stop and we would just check it out. You know, we were too chicken to get out or anything. And we just wanted to check it out. You know, hey, are we going to see anything, you know, and we would look and there were blinds in each of these windows. So we would go out, we'd come back around, maybe stop the gas station, take another pass, past it. maybe half hour later. These blinds were different. The, the one blind was pulled, the other one's up. We come back, they're the opposite. And we're like, wait a second, wasn't those blinds, wasn't that one over there? And then we're thinking, oh, maybe we're just imagining, maybe, maybe they were like that. We'd leave, come back another hour later. <laughs> All three blinds are up. So we're like, something's going on. Hit, hit the gas and we were out of there. So we started doing this on the weekends once in a while, late at night. Hey, let's go out and see this. get some people going with us. We would stop. You know, he had a floodlight too. And he would, uh, we'd look at it. We never seen anything, anybody or any, anything in the graveyard or anybody looking out the windows or anything. And, but the, the blinds were always different every time we went there. And then we would come back, you know, I can remember taking a few other people and they're like, Oh my God, those blinds. They were up that, you know, we came back, let's get out of here. So we never stuck around. Now there were a few times when we went out there in the daytime and we went into the, this graveyard up to the church to see if the door was unlocked, you know, and it was always locked. So I figured, you know, maybe it's just a utility shed, you know, maybe they just use, they, I don't think they used the church, you know, I mean, I, I've never seen anybody there, but then again, I didn't go past it a lot. There's a, a little tiny driveway with gravel that kind of like grass was coming through. So it's like, it wasn't really, I've ever seen anybody really stop there. So there was one day that we stopped there and it was open because we started going there all the time, just showing people, Hey, this is so cool. You know, I mean, all this crazy, these windows and everything. The door was open, so I was afraid to walk in. I'm like, I don't, and and Tony, I never got in trouble as a kid. I stayed out of trouble, and I didn't get in, you know, these kids, too, that I hung out with at this time. They didn't really get in any trouble, and I was very scared of walking in. I'm like, no, in my luck, I'll walk in there, and a police officer will drive up, and then, you know, they're going to think we're in here stealing something. So he's like, ah, just come on, come on, we'll go in real quick. So we walk And they had very old and kind of decrepit, you know, the the seats in there. And they had, like, the stand there at the front, the pew or whatever you want to call it. And on top of that was a garbage can lid. And in the garbage can lid, there were sticks. And somebody had made, like, a, a, a typical, you know, your classic pentagram out of, I don't know what it was, like spray paint or something like that. And it was very, very creepy. It was laying right on top of that, and I'm like, "Let's get out of here." (laughs) So, and this is broad daylight. We left. We locked the door. We used our, uh, you know, our shirts, like our hoodies, to open the door because I'm like, I'm not going to have them fingerprint that and say we were in there doing that, you know. Uh, Yeah, I. That's all I seen. But it could, you know, we thought, well, maybe it's just teenage kids from around the area, you know, drinking some beer, you know, just doing some crazy stuff. So we've seen that, and I was, you know, never went back in there, but it was always locked after that, you know. And uh, whenever you would go out to this place, you never felt comfortable. I mean, even in the daytime, it just, you just got this, I don't know how to describe it, kind of like a sense of uneasiness, you know. Like, just, as soon as you got approached, this was out in the, this church was out in the middle of nowhere. There mustn't, I don't think there's a house within a mile and a half of it. And it's these roads that go to this church are like roads from a horror movie or something. They're like so far back in, they're windy, they're twisty. There's trees everywhere. I mean, if you get lost out there, good luck, you know. And at nighttime, going out on, on these roads, I mean, it's something out of a horror movie. And then you just you come up into the opening, and then there's the graveyard on your left, and it just it very just even daylight you just there's an an uneasiness to it um so i started hanging out with some other friends we got through high school you know that was the extent of it we seen that and it was just blinds up and down you know but the short of seeing that pentagram thing on the garbage can we just kind of assumed it was uh teenagers messing around I'm, you know, teens did that sort of thing, I guess, you know, I don't know who knows, but, uh, so then I had another friend that lives right around here at the time and he had a bunch of brothers and I had told him about that. So me and him went out one time, just me, him and my ex-girlfriend at the time, like way back. And I remember it had snowed and it was in the morning and we drove out. I just wanted to show my girlfriend at the time. And I wanted to show my friend, I'll call him Scott. I mean, I'm not going to use his last name, but, and we stopped and I would always pull off the side. I never felt comfortable pulling on there because people would, you know, everything has a legend, you know, somebody will show up on your hood of your car and, you know, the urban legend, but people would always said, if you pull onto that ground, you'll you know, your car will go bad or your motor will go, go bad. Well this is, you know, I'd just been out of high school and, you know, just started working and stuff. And last thing I can afford is my car. So I would always pull off to the side off on the opposing side of the road. Um so we walked over and there was some snow, some snowfall, but it was kind of warm. And all three of us walked over and there were footmarks through there, through the graveyard. And they looked to be female. And the reason I say female is because my girlfriend was there and she put a boot by the footprint. And it looked like it was the size of female. Now, the thing about it is, it was bare feet. Because you could see the toes, you could see, uh, you know, the ridges and everything. And it was like it just happened like that morning. But it, now that didn't strike me as anything like a Bigfoot or anything. I we thought it was like a spirit because we we looked at these footprint and went completely around the graveyard and it never left the graveyard. It never walked out onto the road. It was in that graveyard. So she got freaked out and I got freaked out and I said, "Let's get out of here." <laughs> and this is in the this was in the morning and I'm like, "This is really weird." But this is before like cell phones you know i mean they might have had cell phones back then tony but they are probably the size of a refrigerator yeah. you know like <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't think they had any you know i mean they might have had the pictures that were instant and you had to go get developed or something but we didn't have anything like but they we all seen it and it was like it looked like a like you could see the toes and everything It just looked like a female's foot it was a very small either that or a child's or something but it walked all through this graveyard and we're thinking who in their right mind would walk through a graveyard with snow there. And it just didn't make any sense. Like, so, you know, the first thing out of her mouth was like, Oh my God, it's a spirit. Let's get out of here. (laughs) So I said, okay, I agree. Let's get out of here. So that was that encounter. And then the kid that was with me, Scott, now he was a friend. You know, for years growing up, too. He was a little. Uh, he liked to, you know, uh, get in. A little, I wouldn't say trouble, but he would uh, get in some, you know, kind of crazy things. He reminded me of Kramer from Seinfeld. He was kind of eccentric and he was funny to be with, but he would do some insane stuff. He had a brothers, a bunch of brothers that he hung out with. Now, when the brothers came along, eh, they, these guys got out of hand. You know, I mean, and again. I was always staying out of trouble. I didn't get into trouble. If there was trouble, I went the opposite way. These guys were notorious for, you know, getting into trouble, just kind of like juvenile sort of stuff. And mind you, at this time, we're in our 20s, you know, early 20s. So, you know, some of the juvenile stuff that they were doing, you can get in big trouble for. So anyway, these guys... I don't know. i seen the one day you posted something about the WWE or something. Well, we were huge wrestling fans. These guys were the biggest wrestling fans. And they did this whole, the NWO with the Hulk Hogan and everything. And I don't know if you remember that, Tony, if you were into that sort of thing or anything.
1: Yeah, it was a little bit. Back yeah. in,
0: the, back in the, the later 90s. So this was around 96, 97. It's before I started my job in 98. So it was like, I'm going to say 96, 97. So when he got together with his brothers, these guys were always into some sort of trouble, you know, and they wore the whole NWO garb. They, they took, you know, wrestling serious. Uh, they used to wrestle in their backyard, like actual wrestle, wrestle. I as a teenager, you know, years before that I wrestled with them before. And it was like full contact football. I mean, they, <laughs> so these guys would really, you know, they would, they would go to, like, a, we'd go to a King's and hang out half the night, drink coffee and everything. And a group of guys would come in, and then they they would start the uh, NWO. Hey, brother, you know, what are you looking at? And I'd have to try to talk them out of it and be like, come on, guys, yeah, we don't need to end the trouble here. But, you know, they were good for starting fights and everything like that. You know, that's the only bad thing when they all got together like that. So we were with them one night. And they are, you know, they're not scared of anything. And we took three cars out to this graveyard. And this was around, I want to say September, October, around the Halloween season. Uh, Scott, his wife, their young daughter, she was maybe a year old, was in the, the van. They had a van. My car, there was two of them, and there was another car behind us. Well, these guys, oh, we'll go out there and, you know, we ain't afraid of anything. And they, they were some bigger guys. I wouldn't want to you know, cross them because they would get into fights around that time. I'd heard a lot of stuff about them getting into bar fights and starting trouble. And so I felt safe. I'm like, yeah, we'll go out there and look at this graveyard. And you know, he was saying, Yeah, we went back there before and there's like, you know, there were speed marks and this and that. So he pulls we goes to the graveyard, he pulls into that little driveway there that was coming overgrown. And that's the first mistake. I'm like, ah, I wouldn't pull there, you know. <laughs> I pulled over across the road, and then the other guys pulled. So this is like maybe not. He had a ton of brothers. There was about nine of us and his wife, and they're all getting out, you know. Hey, and I'm like Scott, I I wouldn't park there because remember they said about the engine problems and all this and all that. He's like, ah, screw it. Okay, <laughs> so. And, you know, at the same time, I'm kind of looking around now. There's nothing in the vicinity for a few miles, but I'm kind of, you know, if a police officer goes through there, what is, you know, is he going to think, you know? Right. I mean, these guys are wearing like their leather jackets and the NWO stuff and, you know, (laughs) they look like a biker gang walking around and I'm thinking he's just not going to think that we're up there ghost hunting. He's going to think that we're up there, you know, vandalizing. So I was very sketchy, you know, looking around. And they also had a younger brother. He was probably about 16 at the time. And they kind of gave him a lot of crap and, you know, pushed pushed him around and got on him about being a sissy and this and that. Come on, you got a man up and blah, blah, blah. And so I was next to his brother, Brian, and he had glasses on and he was kind of like a, you know, skinnier and he was scared of his own shadow. So, <laughs> so he stayed next to me and these guys all just walk onto the graveyard. So we're looking around the graveyard, just kind of looking around, and his wife's by the van with the baby and everything, you know, not leaving it. She was smoking a cigarette. All of a sudden, the baby starts crying. So she starts getting weirded out. She's like, "This isn't a good sign." I'm like, "Scott, I told you you shouldn't park there. Let's let's just get out of here." He's like, "Oh, I'm not scared of nothing." So we're walking through the graveyard, and then these guys start taking cigarette butts and throwing and the other one had a beer from the car and i'm like oh boy this isn't good this reminds me of like something out of a horror movie where things are going to go south you know <laughs> even scott said dude he's like why do you have a beer out here in the graveyard don't disrespect the dead just as he said that his his bigger brother goes look at this guy like that and he points back into the woods now as i said the graves extend Part ways into the woods there we see what looks like a guy standing there like and i want to describe they look like blue jeans maybe a jacket or something and there's this guy there standing and he's watching us so i'm like oh let's let's get out of here let's get out of here <laughs> come on guys let's get i don't know who this is you know what i mean these guys are full tilt NWO, come on, come on, brother! You know they're screaming at him, and I think they start throwing rocks back out there. I'm like, come on, guys, guys, guys! You know I'm trying to reel them, in to get the heck out of there. So we're watching this His wife goes, Scott, just get these guys to calm down because they're starting to go full tail here. She reaches in and pulls her uh, high beams on on the van, sh- shining in that direction, and we don't see anything. So we're kind of sprawled across and looking from different angles. And they're like, where'd he go? Do he be high behind a tree or something? And I'm looking and I'm like, I don't see him. I'm like, is he, is he hiding or something? I'm like, maybe we should get out of here, you know? And they turned the lights off. And then we seen this guy again. Now, I don't think, you know, to me, it didn't look like a ghost. It just looked like a guy standing there and you could see he was moving around. So they're, you know, kind of cat calling this guy, come on, brother, you know, come on, you, and they're w- in rocks back there. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if this guy's going to go back to the house and, you know, call the cops or something. I'm like, come on, you know, let's just get out of here. But we've seen it. And then <laughs> to the right side of me out of nowhere. And I mean, out of absolutely nowhere, I see this white thing coming. and this thing's moving and we all seen it And Brian the the kid that they would give a lot of crap for and kind of pick on and stuff. And he was like, you know, scared a lot. (laughs) This thing comes from the right side and it must've been waist level right at us. And we, we screamed and Tony, I'm not proud of it to this day. I, we screamed like two girls it was like uh, Shaggy and Scooby. I mean, we screamed. I mean, and if you don't situation like that, and you're scared out of your mind. I screamed. Oh, my. And here it was a dog. Well, it was like a dog. It was like a big white shaggy. Like, I don't I'm not good on dogs, but it was like a big dog, a big white dog. And it had like this like shaggiest hair to it. It came over and we're petting it and everything, but I mean it scared the heck out of us because all we seen was this white thing advancing out of our, you know, right there, just coming, making a beeline for us. And I mean, we just lost our minds screaming. The next nice thing I know, these guys are like, "Oh come on, are you guys that sissy? They thought it was Brian, and I never fessed up that I was one of the ones that screamed because they would have never <laughs> let me let it down. But they were like, "Are you are you that scared? It's just this dog." So I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is this guy's dog and he's just out here walking. And I'm like, let's just come on, let's get out of here. But it didn't make any sense because it was very late. And why would this guy be out here with the dog? And We never seen him with the dog unless he just let the dog go. The dog left and went the opposite way down the road and never came back. So, you know, I mean, I don't know what, I guess maybe somebody's dog. The person's still there. And we're still watching it. And these guys are still yelling and, and screaming and they're starting to get really wound up. So I don't know what happened. We finally got out of there. His wife is getting, the baby's crying and crying and crying. And she's like, come on, let's He's like, come on, I got to get the kid out of here. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So these guys are all wound up. And we retreated, got in the car. We left. As we're leaving, Scott's driving the van. Not more than a half mile down the road, this deer. And I don't know if it was a buck, but it was so strange the way it happened. It's almost like this thing went for his truck and smashed into the side of it, his van. He slams the brakes on. We all stop. The deer pops up and takes off and really smashed in the side of his car. And it was so strange how it happened. Like when I seen it, it looked like a buck, but it, you know. it looked like a Ram or something that hit his truck at first. And he even said it, it came right for the truck and we were all weirded out. And everybody was scared to death. And I'm like, I told you, you shouldn't have parked on the land. <laughs> we took off. But at that time when this thing came out of nowhere, it was almost like it was going out his van. And I mean, it smashed his, his, like his quarter panel all in.
1: Did it survive? And
0: popped up. Yeah, it popped right up and took off. It looked to me like it was a buck or something. But at first, it's like the horns were back. Like, it was so strange. It had horns. It's like, it's. and I'm not a hunter. I don't hunt. I like animals and everything. I've never hunted. There's a lot of people out this way that hunt. I don't know anything about bucks and stuff like that, you know. It had horns. This thing hit it, but when I looked at it, it almost looked like, you know, like one of those rams that have the horns that go back and hit this, I mean, it hit it violently too. It's like it. It wasn't like a Tony when it hit its the van. It's like it. It didn't like just stumble back. I mean, this is a moving vehicle. It's like this thing indented, and the the truck went. You know, his van rear end like kind of you know fishtailed, and it popped back up, and it just took off. It's like this thing was on steroids or something, and. He got out, and he's screaming and everything. He's like, my van, my van, my van. He's like, that thing thing came. He's like, it it tried to hit it. And she's in there screaming, and the baby's crying. We're like, okay, just let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. So we went out to King's, our famous meetup place. We all went down to King's, and he was convinced that this thing came, like, had intent of hitting his vehicle. Now I don't, you know, I'm sure it just ran out. And he's like, what was that thing? And I'm like, it looked like a buck. I'm like, I don't hunt and stuff, but like it had horns or whatever it was. And, you know, he said it was bigger than that, but I don't know. It just happened so quick. I was concerned because he had his baby in there and his wife and, you know, he was on the driver's side, you know, that they were all okay. But I mean, this thing did some major damage to their van. And What kind of, he, what kind of damage he,
1: are you talking about here? Are we talking about like a broken window? Are we talking about like just a giant dent
0: oh he It was more than that I mean he caved this thing in this thing caved that in I mean it's like this son of a gun t-boned it and you know I imagine Deers can do some damage but it's like this thing ran right into the side of it and t-boned it and his butt end like went to the side and he slammed his brakes on I mean this thing violently hit it and it popped up it was like in a sitting position, popped up and hightailed it in the woods. So, you know, I'm the last guy to know anything about deers and bucks and all this and how many points, or whatever. To me, it looked like a buck, like a really big buck. He thought it was something else, but it looked like the antlers were like going back. Like it was strange, like almost like a, like a ram or something. You know what I'm saying?
1: No, yeah, I get it.
0: Like it was, it was strange. I never seen anything like that in my life. And yeah, he had some considerable damage to his back. He couldn't even get the, uh, he couldn't get it to come out. So he just left it like that, but it was smashed in bad. And he ended up getting rid of that vehicle down the road and got another one. But yeah, I remember that.
1: So, I mean, uh, with with that whole experience with the graveyard and, and this uh, whatever it was hitting the van. I mean, are you looking at that as like a paranormal situation here where like there was some kind of entity attacking the van or do you think it was just some kind of fluke thing? Uh, a deer that, you know, he, got spooked by whatever was going on in the graveyard.
0: From what I honestly, it's, and I, and I mean, this is going back to the night it happened. It looked to me almost like something like lunged at the van. You know what I mean? We weren't going that fast, you know. Uh, he was convinced he seen something come at him, and it, it was he was describing like it wasn't a deer. It was like a, I don't know what he was trying to. It, it, it was it was after his cars. I don't know what he's talking about, but it shot out and it hit it. It didn't look like just a random deer ju- jumping out. It's almost like this thing ran at it, and hit it. And we were yeah, at the time. And thinking back, it's almost like it was associated with the graveyard because we weren't that far from it when we left. We left in a panic because these guys had riled up so much. After that dog and everybody's screaming and stuff, now we're really afraid because if anybody's in the general vicinity, they're going to end up calling the police, thinking that there's crazy people out there screaming. And, you know, you got them guys thrown. We don't know if this was a guy that was back there. They were throwing stuff at them. And, but like, when we were there we seen it. We didn't see it. Then it was there. Then it wasn't. It was moving. It was like moving towards us. But yet, it just looked like a guy standing there. And these guys were all like, oh, yeah, this is a tough guy here or something. You know, almost like challenging to a fight or something, you know?
1: This figure, I mean, you don't see it walking, but it seems like it's moving. Like, it's getting... It's like like almost like a horror film where you're looking at something and it's staying there and then you blink and it's a little closer.
0: It We could see movement. We all like we're watching it. Yeah. You could see a little movement, like almost like y- you could see it moving because I'm watching a tree, I'm watching a tree and I'm watching it kind of like maybe like go shift its weight back and forth. Then it started getting a little closer definitely getting a little closer so then she kept putting the light on in the van which wasn't it was shining in that direction but not exactly on it the way he had his lens, she was hitting high beams and we weren't seeing anything and we're like did this guy duck behind a tree or something because they were like hey who are you who are you and they did that for a while and then they started getting agitated thought it was somebody screwing with them so then they started getting confrontational and starting chucking stuff back at it and thinking it was just some guy playing games so they were gonna play you know okay you want to be a tough guy we'll, you know they start their whole thing where they you know want to start fights and everything and i'm like come on guys let's get out of here let's get out of here but it was there for a while we watched it for must have been a good 15 minutes where they were just hollering and screaming and throwing stuff and it didn't move from that area you know back or towards us but it was shifting around a bit you know might have moved a a foot forward look back but not really too much and there was a tree there we were watching it and it was to the side of it a little bit and then it was all over a little bit more towards the other side we all seen it moving around but it was moving very slow but it definitely there was movement to it and they're convinced it was a ghost and I don't know, that one goes under the, like, I think if you were in a grand jury testifying, I don't think that's enough to the judge to say, well, or the juries to decide that it was a ghost. I mean, we seen something, right. but it didn't make any sense. The, the hour of night, there's no houses around within, you know, what, a mile and a half or something. I mean, it's a good drive for many houses. It's just like out in the middle of nowhere. And I don't even think they really used that graveyard much. It just was very peculiar. Now, if it was a ghost, a ghost looks just like a person. I mean, I had always visioned a ghost like, you know, you could see through it and it would be like very eerie. And But this just looked like some guy, you know, it, you could see it was a man. It wasn't a woman or anything. It had like manly, uh, stocky body to it. And, and like, it looked like it had like hair, you know, like just a man's haircut, but he just was shifting back and forth. And it was really strange. And it was actually, if you go back there, there were graves in there. So, I mean, he was towards the end of the graveyard. So if it was a guy walking his dog, I don't understand because there's nothing back there that that woods, why he'd be back through the woods, walking his dog at the graveyard. Where this dog came from and where the dog went, I have no idea. The dog went the other way. The dog came out of nowhere and just went the other way. I mean, and it was like I said, it was dark. It was one of the scariest things I ever seen. We're watching this, we're getting freaked out, and then we see this white thing. You couldn't make out what it was. And like I said, me and that Brian were next to each other, and we just completely lost. it, screamed and like did the classic like Scooby Shaggy do, you know, grabbing each other like scream, like girls, you know. <laughs> yeah. oh. Oh, they, well, they heard about that all night. I'm, thank goodness that Brian was so scared. He didn't even realize I screamed. And I heard that all night it came. He's like, well, He goes, you scream like a woman. He's like, my <laughs> goodness. He's like, you go out there and act like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> Meanwhile, I, you know, if somebody was going to jump out of their socks. I would have done it that night because man. But yeah, it was weird. His dog came out of nowhere. There was nothing on the dog. There wasn't any chains. There wasn't any collars or anything like that. He, he was very friendly. He was a big dog. And he, he let us pet it, and then he took off, and he went the other way, just away from that guy, away from us, completely in a different direction. I have no idea. He never came back. And where he came from is beyond me.
1: That's interesting, man. That is definitely an interesting story with uh, just the different activity you had in that graveyard and then leading up to, you know, seeing this figure. I mean, not all ghosts are see-through. I mean, there's a lot of people that have seen things where they swear it was a real person and they even communicated with it. And then it's just gone and things like that. So, I mean, there's different scenarios and stuff, uh, but you know, what you experienced in there and stuff. I mean, it, what, one thing that I find, you know, peculiar is if it was just a dude, uh, I think most dudes would either run away or yell out or be like, you know, something when, when you're getting aggressive to, towards them in the middle of the night yeah. in a graveyard. I mean, that's not like you're in a playground at noon on a Sunday and it's just like, you know, yeah. whatever. I mean, it's a, a situation where you would expect some kind of reaction. Uh, and so that's odd. And then. Yeah. The, the idea of whatever it was that hit the the vehicle. Um, Cause I mean, I I grew up out in the country and I and, am and I know you have too. And it's like, you hear stories of where deer actually do run in the cars. I mean, it's like they, they just, for whatever reason, I, my friend in high school had that happen. He's driving down the road and the, he didn't hit the deer. The deer hit him. Like the deer literally ran into the car. Yeah. But usually every time I've heard that happening, the deer dies like I mean it break their neck or something and, and for the fact that yeah. it caused so much damage and it ran away is odd and then I mean I, I guess you could probably be seeing you know like when you, when you like say it was a buck I mean uh, yeah if it's moving so fast it might have seemed like the horns were bent back like a ram
0: that to me that's kind of what it looked like and and when he said he said it, it was that wasn't a deer that was something else and I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was like a buck or something. Uh, we, he looked at his car. We didn't see any blood. We didn't really see, we, there was a little bit of hair. There was like a crack in it. There was a little bit of hair by the thunder well on the back side of his van because it was all cracked. The paint, there was a little bit of hair. like look like deer hair, but I mean, that's all. It was no blood or anything. And he was past it. And the deer kind of just sat there and popped up and took off. It was fun, if that's what it was. But I mean, it happened so fast that it, it it was big. It was a big deer. I don't remember ever seeing anything like that. You know, that big of a deer. We tried to get it out of. You know, my dad does auto body stuff, and we tried to get it out. It was it was pretty smashed in. <laughs> So you ended up getting another vehicle down the road.
1: Yeah, I, I imagine. I mean, there's those things do a lot of damage, I and mean, they're not just these tiny little creatures. They're they're hundreds of pounds. So, um, yeah. but yeah, man, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing these stories. It's been uh, interesting for sure, especially hearing the different things that you saw at the house and then the yeah. the graveyards. Just and they're they're spooky in general, you know what I mean. So, <laughs>
0: but I appreciate yeah. you you're
1: yeah. sharing them, man. Yeah.
0: That's no problem. I enjoyed being on. I I hope it I hope it was entertaining. I hope I didn't ramble too much or anything. No,
1: you you don't have to worry about that, man. Uh people tune in to hear the guests speak more than me. So yeah. the the more you share, the better it is for the audience to listen to. So uh but I, yeah, I definitely appreciate it, man.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Well, that's a show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, you know what to do. Take the link to this episode right now and share it around social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I don't care where, email. If you enjoyed this show, the best way you can help support the show is by sharing it with your friends. So thank you very much for doing that in advance. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Bye.
2: me every day to think you're moving on you know I'm not afraid to say where I went wrong you lost that feeling I can't believe it you've come down I'm tired of guessing where you went missing but somehow I see you everywhere in the lonely hour Yeah, I see you everywhere in the lonely hours